Hello again and welcome to Wrestling Memories. I'm Glenn Broggett with you once again for some old school pro wrestling talk. This week we're picking up where we left off from the last, from the previous. We uh, are into, I, I would call this chapter four of a series of interviews uh, I've conducted with former pro wrestling personality, Wild Thing Steve Ray. And it's not only a fascinating look at his career in the late 80s, early 90s, but it also gives you some rare insight into uh, what was going on behind the scenes with Herb Abrams and the Universal Wrestling Federation. We're going to talk more about Herb this week and a few other things uh, in the backstory of the Universal Wrestling Federation. It's a fun, lively chat, and Steve is never uh, uh, at a loss for words. We'll learn a little bit more in Chapter 4 of my interview series with the wild thing, Stevie Ray, on this edition of Wrestling Memories. The mind could go on in so many different directions, just the possibility yeah. of, of, of what the world would have been like, uh, you know, if, if Herb uh, didn't, you know, if it wouldn't have passed away. I mean, just imagine the, the landscape of wrestling or where he would have been, say, if he would have been out of wrestling, what aspect of entertainment would he, what, where he, I think wherever he would have been, it would have been entertaining. Yeah, you know, he definitely, that, that there's no doubt, um, you know, when I did these nasty conventions, of course, I'm hamming it up, and, you know, smiling, taking pictures of babies and stuff like that. And her is singing Frank Sinatra, the stop spreading the news. <laughs> and and um, it, it was you know, playing uh, slightly. And I said, is that Frank Sinatra? And then next thing you know, it, it, it's like, it was like a commercial. Him and, and somebody else got into like this loud duet and people started surrounding him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he, he was quite the entertainer himself, actually. So, so it just seemed natural and, for for Herb to also just be in, in front of the TV too, in, in front and with the product as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you gotta admire that that part from him because um, <clears throat> even if it was a slapstick, you know, uh, deal, which if if you know anything about television production and you know anything about uh, you know all of the idiosyncrasies that that go on, you know that it, it, he just didn't get lucky. Um, he had to have some type of talent there, um, and um, and then he had to have, he had to have a considerable amount of talent um, to to put on at least the, you know to, to the level that he did, and um, so yeah, it uh, if um, <clears throat> if I could only do it all over again, it was definitely um, it was definitely one of those uh, out of my whole wrestling career, and I you know I had some unbelievable times like in uh, Africa and in New Zealand. Um, great. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did a, a national tour. I met Herb Abrams with Brian Blair. Um, and you know, that was another uh, great event as well. Um, it was, it was with um, this guy out of Colorado hooked up a deal with um, several state fairs all over the country. And so we'd go from state fair to state fair to state fair, and there were guarantees. <clears throat> and, um, uh, you know, 
that was, uh, it, you know, it, it might have been an arena, you know, with dirt and stuff like that, but it still was, a, you know, an exciting thing, but nothing, nothing, nothing came close to, you know, the experience that, you know, that was uh, around that whole event, um, you know, from the time that um, I got my plane ticket <clears throat> to, you know, the time that I got back to my house. Wow. It was like sat in the chair. Went, wow. I just experienced all that. That was crazy. I consider myself one of the lucky ones. I, I hope, um, I hope other wrestlers get some type of experience like that too. Out of all the other promoters out there, who can you think has um, any kind of name to be freaking, you know, just, I don't know, uh, <clears throat> totally outstanding and um, uh, above bar from all the rest? Is there, is there one? You know, Vince McMahon is a great creator, but is he a good guy to hang out with? Now, is there any wrestling promoter that, that you can think of that was known as a great guy just to hang around with? It's great entertainment. Just, you know, you're always going to have you know, a story to tell someone after being with this guy. There's been mere pretenders that try to think that they, they, they can curry and carry up some game, but they usually end up uh, falling by the wayside way, way quicker and way faster because, you know, they, get, they reveal themselves with, with uh, you know, guys like Herb. I mean, he was, he was a mover. He was a shaker. Uh, and he was a guy that had an idea of what he wanted. And with, this, uh, with the wrestling outfit, I mean, good Lord. I mean, he was a guy that could move. I mean, he talked about start spreading the news. You guys went from California all the way across country to start taping even more based on, you know, with the, the sports channel success. What was that like? Oh, I mean, wow. to, to, to be uprooted. I mean, this is, again, you're the Kansas boy. You're going to LA. You're learning yeah, all this great, stuff under the, uh, under the learning question. tree of Herb. But now what was that like? Yeah. Transition me now to, okay. to go into sweet old New York and finding your yeah. way to the Penta hotel of all places. Right. Right now. So, so, you know, if you're living on the East coast, this is, this is wrestling. This is what they do over there. It, it's different, way different than it is in other parts of the country. It's easy everywhere else. Uh, if you're a good guy, it's very hard to get over in New York. They hate all the freaking, you know, baby face, uh, prima donna type wrestlers. So, um, and that was, that was my experience going like, Oh shit, I got to get these guys to like me not because I'm the wild thing, you know, prima donna thing. Um, but I, you know, there's gotta be, uh, kind of like a bad boy that they can relate to, um, man's man type, uh, person. And so you got to earn their respect and man, that, that I can't tell you, um, I can't tell you out of, that I've ever earned any respect. Uh, <clears throat> there was nothing like that, the, the match that you know that I had with with Doctor Death. After that, I earned the respect of you know of everyone in the um, that would show up at least on a regular basis. There there are these um, <clears throat> I would almost call them um, 
Like, uh, imagine the ring being um, one circle, right? And then you have the immediate circle that goes around the ring. And these are people, okay, that, that surround the ring. And, and imagine this being a layer of uh, ranking to, you know, who you are in the, the wrestling business as a fan or contributor, editor, writer, whatever. So you would have writers, and then you have these other fans who had amazing amount of influence. I mean, they were like, you know, wizards of fanery or something. You know, I think they, you know, some of them had, um, had their own little blogs going on. Um, as a matter of fact, one who had just found out she had passed away, George Ann, I don't know if this is, is correct or not, but I, I was told um, uh, by Jonathan, the guy who's writing the book, he believes that George Ann um, bought the rights to the UWF. And um, again, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I have not been able to validate that. I would really like to know the absolute on that. Um, only because it, it, you know, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be preserved, protected and, and looked after in, in the right, um, format. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so these layers of, um, of influence, you know, from the fans, um, it's serious stuff. It's like military style serious, um, and you know you don't you don't mess around with these people um uh and piss them off or anything or you know act like you're too good or whatever you know you have to uh, you have to maintain the level of professionalism um with them at all times and george ann basically took me in um you know she uh she really uh took a liking to me and she helped uh she helped me put the, do my first bio and my first, actually my first resume too. And so her and I, you know, were working back and forth with, you know, whatever she would do with blogs. But yeah, she, you know, she had an integral part of, you know, getting me in, into the magazines and, and that's how it works. You know, that's it, a lot of that right there is what Vince was paying attention to. Uh, at one time, you know, it, those guys had that much, you know, that, that kind of power um, that they could actually influence, you know, what Vince would look like, look at. That is a very, very interesting, uh, incredible learning experience because, you know, um, you're no longer uh, entertaining the audience based off of your uh, uh your ability to, to wrestle you're no longer entertaining them based on your ability to entertain you're now entertaining them based off of what they think about you and if they don't think if they don't think that you're you know legit or you're a powder puff or you're not they don't they can kill a freaking wrestler 
could literally end someone's career. Isn't it amazing and, though? In those days before the internet, uh, that there there was these bands of fans that uh, you know would be referred to as smart fans nowadays had yeah, had just yeah. that type of control because when you get these people in packs, word gets around. You can get you know sometimes if you rub them the wrong way, you can get yourself some real unnecessary heat. So it was another way to mind your p's and q's, but also keep going with what you're presenting in the ring as well. But also have that right there in the back of your mind. Oh yeah, no, it, absolutely. Um, you know, the, which the, that in itself um, was he it, it was just it, when you wrestled in New York, um, it, there was work to do, and it, it was um, uh, it, I definitely could not feed a crowd there for sure. That would that would kill me if I did something like that. Um, so it was a matter of, you know, psychology of me actually spending the time to get to know them versus, you know, them getting the opportunity to get an autograph from me. Um, you know, that's what made, you know, things uh, to them. Uh, that's what they like, uh, you know, and, I, uh, I was so inspired by, um, watching Cactus Jack because he's just, I was like, wow, you're kind of like a little God with these guys, but by me watching and understanding, um, uh, how that worked. And I was literally, literally entertaining three levels of, of an audience. So uh, imagine uh, an audience, um, literally having, you know, three different color rings going around it. And, and you have to do something different. Each one of these rings, you, you follow what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, that was, um, was where, uh, that's where it took me. And, you know, it was probably, uh, one of the best things I could have ever experienced because it did open my mind to, um, to, you know, uh, to not become complacent um, and, you know, to always appreciate and respect where my bread and butter came from because it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I might, uh, based off of, you know, some of the things that I, I've heard, but, I believe isn't John Cena kind of facing something similar to this. I mean, he's over with the, you know, the one ring of fans with the, you know, the, you know, the, the kids that come out, you know, the, to see him and the, maybe some of the young girls, but the hardcore fans, how they have a different opinion of him. Well, that's it's always been interesting to watch the way that uh, he's made that though. He he's kind of worked all those elements to to you know make his star and make his legend because, I mean, good mm -hmm. lord, he ha again you mentioned it. He he's hitting all the right demographics because you got the kids, but he's also and, oh, yeah. with, and with the moms 
the moms and the dads, you know, sometimes the dads are going to be the cool kids are going to be, be, be screaming, hey, he hates John. But the wives yeah. with the kids, they're going to be going over to the concession stand, going to be buying some shirts, yeah. going to be putting everything uh-huh. on their bodies and on their heads, they put a tattoo there, his uh-huh. name on their forehead. And then you leave right. with the smart fans, the hungry fans, the, the bloodlust fans, the ones who go on the internet and talk about every yeah. little reason why Cena yeah, sucks. Right. But he is known. Uh-huh. This is a guy that can keep. It, it's just such a great 360 reaction though from from demographics and crowd alike but that he's made it work so well for himself i mean come on you can't say that he has not made that work in the way in regards to parlaying his uh, existence on on these television award shows he's been in movies he does public service announcement and he's big with the kids too with the with the make-a-wishes and stuff he is an all-around pretty stand-up a guy who is who know who knows how to build everything i mean he's worked he has worked one of those last real true guys that can work the psychology and do that 360 and get everyone engaged and involved whether they love it or love to hate him Uh, i will absolutely agree with that and um you know and to throw one at at yasina uh i can't tell you out of all the wrestlers um in the business you know while i'm dating whichever girl at, at that time i would always hear about freaking john cena and <laughs> I would go, really? What? He, he looks like a jarhead. What are you talking about? He looks like a marine. <laughs> but no, it's uh, um, he's a guy I, that, that, that the when girls. they when they brought him up, it wouldn't take long for him to, to flip heel when his earlier in his uh, WWE career. I mean, he was a rapper right. at one time, for God's sake. I mean, this was the guy yeah. that gets away with wearing jean shorts. I mean, this guy. There's so many things yeah. that 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 shouldn't be and that should be booed out of town by everyone. That he has made it work mm-hmm. to be involved with everyone. Yep, yep, absolutely. And, and you know, it's it's it is absolutely fascinating to to watch the different types of you know, like uh, Steve Austin. He he's the take this job and shove it type of guy. I mean, it's perfect for him, perfect. And you could he's got it he's got it made on all elements because he's just that perfect guy that everyone and, and this would even include. You know the um, the smart fans. Um, he, he's just got that gimmick that everyone seems, uh, you know, absolutely love. Um, and then, I, and I actually have to say, I, I'm always, I've always been um, a fan of, of of The Rock. And you know that whole time, that whole thing with the The Rock and Generation X and all that back then, and even when they had that little heat going on with uh, the heart, that was that was the last time I remember wrestling um, with the WWE being, you know, something exciting. What? But the thing was, but the thing was there, Steve. Though at that time when things were heating up and what they referred to as the Attitude Era, the one thing they have that they don't have today was 
a viable competitor with big television behind them as what yes. had Turner had with WCW. It right. made them it made right. them basically reinvent themselves in a certain way uh-huh. because they they had to get away from what was drawing in like the you know the characters uh you know like the wrestling plumber and the garbage man and all this stuff was not yeah. buying anymore. It right. was it was streaming more right. towards an edgier it was going from cartoon morally into an anime if you want to say as far as evolving yeah. evolving styles and trends and they needed to do that because right. Vince was seeing those guys leaving and it was another batch of those big name guys big money players that took the money and left him and he also just came uh-huh. off of a, uh, fighting the federal government he was weakened he was you know people were calling yeah. for his decimation but the thing was he, behind him and his smart team he they were able to cultivate new guys they gave some guys that yep. needed a chance they gave him a chance cultivated found these characters that were edgier it was just became an edgier product but what it was doing was it was taking more viewers each and every week with that edgy television over what became the bloated WCW that had all of these guys signed up they had such a full roster of names but they didn't have the yeah. names that they had drive because a lot of them had the guaranteed contract. They didn't have to worry. Yeah. Too many people calling the yeah, shots. Right. So Vince Vince knew how to reinvent with this with the Generation X. But why did he? Because he had competition breathing down his neck. Right. Exactly. And that's you know the, that's the the beauty of competition. I always um, I've always loved competition. That's been a driving factor for me. Uh, and and you know. And that is, um, <clears throat> for for all you wrestling fans out there, um, and you Vincent Man, that is where you know the next big opportunity. There will be, I guarantee you, will be um, a well-funded organization with you know badass people behind the you know the the camera. And the production crew, and and a lot of these young kids right now, um, uh, what I'm witnessing is this generation right now, uh, growing up, they're all self promoters. They're they're all little superstars in their own world. It's you know, uh, it's I as brand, yeah, yeah, and it's amazing. They're all little wild things running around. And you know the, um, the, they're brilliant. Um, there are some uh, uh, some uh, things similar to Facebook, but it's where you produce your own little uh, you know your own little music video. And um, you know I, I went I, I went and checked this out, and I couldn't believe you know uh, some of the the little skits these kids put on. It's like wow, that's pretty freaking cool. Um, so yeah, there, there is, uh, it, it's just a matter of time. There's, there's a big, uh, big wind coming and, and soon the storm will be right behind it <clears throat> and, and it's going to be Vince's competition and it, it, you know, because Vince's transition and, and, and you know, uh, this might be, you know, how he wants to do it. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, 
But I think it would be almost uh, just something just for the company itself to to, to keep on yeah. to re- have a sort of a regrowth period when there's competition, and especially for you know when Vince eventually goes. I mean, hey, as much as we think he's uh, indestructible and going to live forever, he probably is going to have to yeah. uh, pass it down. And where he's got you know Stephanie and 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 you know her her husband, his son-in-law, you know Triple H. Yeah, I think that they they might need to have an injection of challenge that uh, they haven't really had to a, to a big degree that that they're you know that Stephanie's dad had not only when you know back in the attitude and the you know what became the attitude era but you got to think about it mm-hmm. he did take a big risk uh, with WrestleMania and what led up to it the, you know the, the national expansion yes he was scorching right. earth out of the territories but he was also you know it wasn't a guaranteed thing until WrestleMania kind of blew everything up into the stratosphere yeah. for him them financially because it was still right. it was still a uh, not quite moment but i think it was because he had that hunger and that challenge for for different phases of his career that's what made him uh, grow and persevere i think they're doing a great job stephanie and hunter but i think they also need to have something to light their asses up a little bit to wake them up be- yeah. from from sometimes the uh, complacency of which their product can find itself in and, and they got the talent but i think they just they need something like you mentioned something to jump up yeah. and, and kick them light them up inspire them further right right you know what's really fascinating is so you know my world outside of uh wrestling um i think we we talked about this a a bit of why it is that that i got out of the the business um uh, shortly after um uh herb's death Uh, actually i actually even made the announcement um at uh, the um, Blackjack Brawl, <clears throat> but um, it, I could say it wasn't really, uh, I don't know. I still wrestled a couple of times after that, but I made the announcement, you know, when I, I my son was born that I was going to be a full-time father, and uh, so I wasn't going to be on the road and, and not be able to see my kid. And so I, I made that decision, you know, when her, her died, it's like, yeah, um, this is what I need to do. Very, very tough, very tough thing for me to do. Cause I literally had to take my whole wrestling world life as a wrestler and put it in a box and not, this is, this may be hard for some people, but this is how I had to deal with it. Um, even, you know, those uh, people who I became, you know, friends with and close with had to, um, I, I could not uh, be in, you know, like in, in constant contact with them like I was before, because it would just, you know, weigh me down to where I would miss it so much, I'd go back into it again. So it was literally like a paradigm shift that I had to do in order for me to be, you know, a, a good father and uh, a good businessman. And, and let me tell you, it was quite the transition of going from, um, you know, wild thing Stevie Ray to um, entrepreneur uh, Stevie Ray. But, you know, through a series of major anxiety attacks and everything else, I, you know, I was able to persevere and make it. Well, going a few years, Ahead of that, um, I had 
great opportunity to become a, um, to be a consultant for our military and uh, working for companies like um, uh, Northrop Grumman or Booz Allen Hamilton or another company called Cubic. Um, one of the jobs that I was uh, given was to be a scenario developer. And this is the most fascinating thing that you'll like about it. So in the world of military mindset, they have commanders deal with a platform. You know, they, they call theater a lot of times. That's, you know, um, they'll say in theater. Um, and that's it, just vision in your mind when I say that, that the theater at that given moment is whoever that commander is and whatever said area that he is uh, in charge of. And every element that goes within that um, theater uh, is uh, what calculates to become his situational awareness. And at every, um, any time, the commander needs to have an absolute situational awareness, right? So what, you know, what we would end up doing as a scenario developer was very uh, identical to being, you know, in the wrestling business. It's, you know, it's like thinking of different matches, characters, and, you know, things that how you were going to produce a show. And so um, I got to learn how to create um, uh, basically warfare uh, on a, a scale that large. If that was what I learned with, the, you know, uh, with the military and how they conduct warfare um, uh, from every little thing that, you know, down to a, a bottle of water. <clears throat> um, we basically, as a scenario developer, we developed scripts and they're like they're they're like ran through um, uh, to kind of you know, to me to throw the you know the commander uh, you know off his footing. So that's how he um, <clears throat> that's how he creates um, a better understanding of his environment um, and you know um, makes it more organic for him. So when he actually experiences that exact thing because that, that's basically what happens is the, the topography is exactly of, you know uh, of where he's going to be going and um you know it, it, there's a um a scenario development um it, it's all digitized of you know different landscapes buildings and um all of that um, you'll have that in, in a digitized world and they'll even make a whole town sometimes um, that to create in a tactical world as well. So what, um, how, you know, we have the best military in the world is, is by simple practice makes perfect. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, so I, I learned an extreme, um, uh, incredible, um, uh, lesson and, um, and, and so many other things that I would do anything uh, uh, to be able to implement um, 
what I learned into the, the, the wrestling world because uh, there, there are so many things that are not being played. Um, if you look, look at an event, you've got the wrestlers, you have the intro part of the wrestlers going to the stage, and then you have their, you know, you know the little skit that they'll do, and, and then that's pretty much it. That's it, right? Um, uh-uh. <laughs> that whole arena will have a part to play. Every little square inch will have a part to play in that set event. And there's a different mindset to that. And so I'm not going to, if I ever get a chance to, to implement something like that um, in wrestling again, I, I promise you fans out there, it'll be something no one's ever seen before. And that would be, that would be a thing to be able to see because, um, and that's, you know, again, if Herb was here, I could tell him exactly you know, what I uh, have in, in my memory banks here, what I learned with the military, and let's do it, you know. Um, it would be that quick. You know, who knows? I, I see, um, I, I do see, you know, all these indie um, groups trying to break into the business and try to, um, you know, get their little gigs going. And, I, I, okay, I have to say something about this. Because I, it's it's kind of in the chatter, it's it's stuff that you hear people talking about, but I I don't know if anyone's ever done a, a, a wrestling interview on you know and broadcasted on radio. But here's what I'm seeing as a problem with some of these indie outfits is they're training anyone and everyone, and that's okay. That's okay to a point, but when when I see guys doing little skits like they're they're playing like they're uh, Star Wars characters or something, you know, it 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 takes away the seriousness behind the art of the business, and and basically just the the uh, respect that you know. Uh, people have for um for that kind of entertainment i'm a little bit skeptical of 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 what i see on that realm of the business and i guys you know don't get me wrong um all about making the rice bowl bigger and um and i understand business um and you know there's nothing wrong um absolutely nothing wrong with training someone, getting them, you know, uh, understanding the ring, the ropes, and how everything works, and all that, but, you know, um, just, you know, don't make a mockery, uh, a j- joke out of, you know, how, what it is that we all do. It's a, it's a serious thing, and um, it's, it's something that, you know, everyone should respect and appreciate. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I'm so grateful that I had to learn, you know, the, the old school of kayfabe and, and um, also had to, um, you know, get in, um, uh, uh, just to learn how to speak karmic. 
I mean, if I couldn't speak Carney, I wasn't going to wrestle. What was it like when and, you first heard you know, Car- when you first heard Carney though? When they were starting to speak the sideways talk, uh, what were you thinking? Like oh, you, you walked into a backwards world. Yeah, you know, I said, uh, uh, "Man, Snoop Dogg ain't got shot these guys," <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it's, 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 it is, like, you know, it's a basically a, a side of Pig Latin, you know, uh, and. But, you know, the, you should kind of want to talk about a secret society. You know, wrestling in itself, you know, the, the, the carnival business, um, uh, is a tight little network. And, you know, it's really, I just, okay, I, I have to get this point across. You want to know what would kill Vince McMahon in a, in a heartbeat. And I, I don't... I don't want to kill Vince McMahon. I think Vince has done incredible things in business. But this is one business. This is one um, way that uh, would definitely change the whole uh, ballgame. And, and that is if something similar to the NWA, um, you know, how if you have territories that they, they're set up like franchises similar to the NFL, there was respect that belt when it was being challenged. And you had the heavyweight, super heavyweight champion of the world of the NWA come into your territory and challenge your heavyweight champion, um, uh, you know, of, of that territory. That was, that, that meant something. That was, you know, that, that had real meaning and drive and everybody. Oh, absolutely. The, pre- the prestige of it. I mean, uh, th- that was but really yeah. just made it so special. And that's what made a world champion a world champion. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, golly, <clears throat> in my mind, I can, and, and trust me, anybody, uh, any of you investors out there want to do this, I am your man. <laughs> because um, I, I can put t- together a business plan on this where um, I understand franchise FCC franchising laws and all that. <clears throat> so uh, I, I would know all the different hurdles that you'd have to go through. Um, but yeah, you have franchises. Okay. And, you know, set up just like the NFL has it. And, you know, you have your big set of events. Just like you know the uh, Super Bowl, and um, wrestling can work that way if you think about it. A network, a television network that, like, say that runs out of Kansas City or, or Channel Five of Kansas City. <clears throat> Channel Five covers like a hundred and twenty mile radius, right? And out of that hundred and twenty mile radius, every town, you know, um, within that hundred and twenty mile radius. Be uh, a wrestling, you know, uh, event, and it might be once a month. It, it might be uh, um, only once a year. But you would get your, um, you know, you would get your 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 product out there to where you can actually feed the talent, you know, and these guys could actually make a freaking living. And you know, I, and some wrestlers are even wrestling for free. <clears throat> you know, I understand the love for the business, but trust me, at 51, I'm, and I wasn't known as a high flyer, and I'm having to replace a complete replacement 
on my shoulder, uh, um, do a complete shoulder replacement. Um, so uh, imagine, you know, you know, all the other guys who, you know, that were high flyers and what they've done. And I said, look at uh, Cactus Jack. Um, it, yeah. So putting your body through that kind of stuff and taking that kind of challenge, you know, or, you know, putting your family through that kind of stuff. You know, it, it's nice to get the recognition to, you know, and there is a high that you get from it all, but uh-uh. you need to always take care of yourself uh, and always remember that there's always someone out there that loves you. I'm sure someone has, uh, is out there that nobody likes, <laughs> but, you know, all in all, you, most people have a mom or most people have, you know, someone. Um, <clears throat> and just, uh, that's the seriousness of the business. If, you know, you need to make a living off it. You need to, you need to have some type of income that, that, that justifies it somewhat. And to be honest with you, um, if, if you really put the numbers to it, a million dollars a year isn't really a whole heck of a lot of money when you consider you spread that out, out you know, um, and you look at how, you know, these guys get uh, the, their retirement checks, their 401ks and all that stuff. Uh, you ain't got, you know, after you get out of the business, no one's paying health insurance. You don't got no 401k. You don't have any, uh, you know, special benefits like you do with the military. You get out and you, you get special military loans and special military privileges and all this other stuff. No. Meanwhile, your body's freaking killing you. And I don't know if anyone understands what it's like to live in constant pain. And my advice to anyone who's trying to break into business, when I was a young guy, I definitely thought I was invincible. Uh, and I, nothing, I never thought about what it was, life would be like when I would be 50. Never thought about that at all. As a matter of fact, I've I was kind of, I don't want to say hoping, I was kind of thinking, you know what, I'm going to go out young. Right? <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not going to be struggling or having to go 50 to the bathroom 50 times at night <clears throat> or anything like that. No, no uh, yeah, I, I didn't think about those things. But those things are real. You know, that's how uh, I, I always think about Dynamite Kid uh, and what that guy went through with his body. Um, and, and, you know, I'll never forget seeing Harley race literally shrinking inches, inches in front of me. Like it was happening right as I was looking at him, literally shrinking. Um, that, you know, that's, that's the side of the business that isn't being about. Uh, unfortunately, wrestlers are the biggest problem to that because just like in our, you know, our community when it comes to Republican, Democrat, everyone's out for it. No one wants, until it, something affects them, uh, people don't seem to give. With wrestling, we have to stick together and, you know, there should be, there should be some type of experiment. Um, uh, thing put aside, and, and Vince Damwell can afford it too. too. It, there are absolute programs 
that he can uh, put together where he won't even see the, you know, uh, the ouch of it. Um, so long as it doesn't get uh, compromised, you know, like the social security does. But, it, uh, you know, those things, uh, those things are important. And it would be nice to see a legitimate um, operation. Not, not that Vince is not legitimate, but he was definitely missing that side of the spectrum. And um, where, where people can do that kind of business and uh, uh, effectively um, live out a, a long and, and happy life. <clears throat> so, you know, that, that would be nice to see as well. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I think wrestling is, you know, it is, it, it is an unbelievable um, industry to, to, to be involved with some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life, um, uh, from the wrestling world. And I hate, I hate to say this, but the wrestling world of life turns out to be so much better than the football world of life, which was so uh, dedicated to, you know, as a, a little lad, you know, starting out in the league and stuff. Um, man, I'm so glad I made that decision because I had to make a decision, you know, was I going to be a football player or was I going to be a wrestler? That, boy, that was, that was a tough one for me. But I'll tell you what made it easy. Um, it, when I started put, putting the numbers to it and I started looking at my overall happiness and what I would get from each one of them. You know, I would, I would be able to accomplish a dream of what I wanted to do as a football player by becoming pro. Um, and that's a very, you know, tough thing to do. I knew after really doing my due diligence and research and checking it off, I knew that wrestling, um, at least during that time frame, uh, was going to be what would make me the happiest. And you know, lo and behold, I, I'm definitely a product of that. That's for sure. So I'm very grateful, <clears throat> very grateful. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that fans uh, still take me in. At, you know, when I decided to put everything in a box and then when I opened that box, back up and it, there there was um uh, like a postpartum uh, effect out of that i can't explain that to you but man it really was uh it literally took me it, it probably took me about two years to get to this moment right here where you and i are talking wow. because i had to do some uh, yeah i had to really do some <clears throat> deep um soul searching and I literally realized I forgot who I was, you know, because I have to think that when I'm going into, you know, into a relationship, you know, like a marriage and having a family, um, I literally had to sacrifice who I was as a entertainer. And I had to become this dad and this boring guy, <laughs> but no, I wasn't boring as a father, but, um, 
you know, it, it, and then this businessman. So, you know, there's, I, I was like having a smile on my face and that, that's all, you know, legit and real. Um, but you know, there's, there's a, a, a seriousness that you have to carry yourself with. And, uh, you know, in order to, to gain respect in the business world, and, you know, it, it can't be, you know, so, so floaty doty, you know, you got to be something that, you know, your words got to mean something. Your, your accountability has to be there. Your character has to be there. Absolutely. Um, absolutely, you know? man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know what, Steve? I think we're going to have to go for uh, another installment here uh, in our in our talks here. We, uh, we've gotten enough uh, for at least two more uh, episodes of the program, and we still have another chapter, a few chapters ahead of us in your, your great story. Yeah. So I, I want to thank you so much again, as always, for taking time out of your schedule. The wild thing, Steve Ray, man, we have only begun to get wild around here. I, I thank you so much right. for taking time, brother. All right, brother. Thank you so much. For Wild Things Steve Ray, I'm Glenn Broggett. So long. For now, you're listening to Rasslin' Memory. Thank you again for listening to Rasslin' Memories Chapter 4 with Wild Things Steve Ray. Hope to have Steve on here uh, in a month or so to continue uh, where we left off and talk more about the uh, Universal Wrestling Federation that was run at the time by Herb Abrams. And we're also going to talk about uh, in, uh, in upcoming editions some of the guys the Wild Thing got to work with in the ring, as well as some of the uh, areas of the country where the UWF held some of their live events, whether it was TV tapings or just a regular house show. Thank you so much for hanging out. You Remember, you can go to RadioNorthland.org and take a look at our archive. Uh, just uh, check out Rasslin' Memories. It's one of our the original programs in that banner. Click on that. takes you right to our SoundCloud page. We have uh, over five and a half to six years full of Rasslin' Memories episodes ready to be downloaded free of charge. Thank you for listening. For Rasslin' Memories, I'm Glenn Broggett. So long for now.